All right, day four begins on uh, Genesis, at Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 14. And we're going to read from right there until verse 19. And it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day. The lesser light to rule the night. And he made also the stars. God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Amen. So we're starting here in Genesis with the fourth day. And what we see is somehow for the last three days since day one, there has been day and night but there hasn't been any stars there hasn't been any sun there hasn't been any moon amen the moon and stars and sun were not created until the fourth day but we read in Genesis 1 that he created light and the light separated the darkness and light he separated to make one day and one night so here's a mind-boggling experience for you that although God created day and night on day one he had not made the things that he intended to rule the day and night until day four God's intention was to make the sun and the moon and the stars to rule the day and the night to be for sign seasons separate the light from the darkness all that stuff but they had not been created yet so we see light existing before the sun, the moon, and the stars. Day and night existing before the sun, the moon, and the stars. Obviously because he keeps saying evening and morning, evening and morning, right? And he said in Genesis 1 or 2, was it 2 or 3? On the first day, okay. On the first day, he says this. I want to go back to the first day. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day and the darkness he called night. See that? That's the first day. We have day and night absent those things that God intended to rule the day and the night. So just like we have a sun, or excuse me, just like we have a sky with nothing in it, just like we have a sea with nothing in it, and an earth with nothing on it, we have here light without the ruling structure or the ruling objects, the ruling uh, elements, if you will, that we're going to rule the day and the night, okay? So we have day and night, but they too, even day and night, are empty of the things that were actually going to cause them to operate from verse 4 on, okay? From verse 4 on, now we have the sun giving light, ruling the day. And we have the moon, even though we all know the moon doesn't produce light. 
but the moon, we do see light from the moon at night. All it be it reflected light, whatever it be, whatever it may be, we still get light from the moon. Right? It's an accurate statement. There's nothing anti-scientific about that. Okay? The stars also shine at night, right? Well, they don't shine in the daytime. Why don't they shine in the daytime? Well, this is answered in the absoluteness of he made the sun to rule the day. So in the daytime, although you can sometimes see the moon, it's not as bright or controlled the day as the sun does. The sun rules the day. Just like you can't hardly see any stars when the sun is out. Why? Because the sun is ruling the day. It is brighter than anything else out there, right? So that's what we're talking about, the greater and the lesser light. And we don't even have to get into philosophical ideas about this. We can look with our own two eyes. Now, how many of you have been out on a, on a night when the moon was full and as bright as it can be? I have, right? Now, although it is very bright and you can see stuff, it is not as bright as when the sun is out, is it? That's a, just a natural observation that we can make. So we can say unequivocally that the Bible is correct, that the sun is the greater light and the moon is the lesser light, okay? Uh, starting at verse, uh, let me get off of John here. <clears throat> I want to start at, uh, in the King James Study Bible. I have a little note here that Mike probably has too, and he can read along with me. <clears throat> this note is very, very telling of pretty much every single commentary's view of day four, okay? The events of day four complete those of the day one. The filling of the day and the night with finished forms of light. Notice how he says that. Finished forms of light. We have light, but it has not yet taken form, correct? Has not, just like the earth was without form and void, and then God brought everything together, right? So God was forming everything day one, day two, and day three, and now God is filling days four, five, and six, amen? So God starts in the heavens, starts with the lights, Starts in the firmament that he created, correct? Now watch this. He says, uh, I'm going to keep reading this note. The various lights or light-giving objects were worshipped as gods in the cultures that surrounded Israel. In Genesis, however, the sun, moon, and stars are portrayed as servants of God that would fulfill three roles, separating the newly created realms of day and night, marking seasons so that those who worshipped the Creator could keep their appointed festivals. And it gives a note to Leviticus 23 and 4 and verse 44, and providing light upon the earth. Now this commentary is very condensed very concise but it wraps up day four in a very applicable bow okay i wanted to also read 
the note that I have in the ESV study Bible on this same portion of scripture. It says this. It says, <clears throat> excuse me. This section corresponds closely with the ordering of day and night <clears throat> on the first day involving the separation of light and darkness, verses 3 through 5. Here, the emphasis is on the creation of lights that will govern time as well as provide light upon the earth. By referring to them as greater and lesser lights, see verse 16. Now, this is the part I wanted you to get, okay? Moses, knowing the people that lived around him when he was writing this, probably around the mountain of uh, wherever he got the talents. What's, what's that mountain? I can't think of. Huh? Yeah, Mount Sinai. Probably when they were in the vicinity of Sinai while he was writing the law and all that stuff, Moses knowing the different cultural groups around him. you got to remember, Moses isn't an ignorant person. He's raised in Egypt. He's educated in Egypt, and he knows all the different false gods of all the different cultures in this area, right? So Moses, knowing this, this is what they say. Uh, by referring to them as greater lights and lesser lights, the text avoids using terms that are also proper names of pagan deities linked to the worship of the sun and the moon. Chapter 1 deliberately undermines pagan ideas regarding nature's or nature being controlled by these different deities, such as they believe the sun controlled harvest or this controlled this because they're gods. And this is speaking to a very specific idea that only God controls all these things and all these things only serve to fill or fulfill roles that God ordained them to do. Amen? Amen. That's a good, that's a good uh, analysis of this also. To the ancient pagans of the Near East, the gods were personified in various elements of nature. Thus, the Egyptian text, the god Ra and Thwat, are personified in the sun and the moon, respectively. The term made as uh, in Hebrew, Ashia, in verse 16, as the ESV notes, need only mean that God fashioned or worked on them. It does not of itself imply that they did not exist in any form at all before this. Rather, the focus here is on the way in which God has ordained the sun and moon to order and define the passage of time according to his purpose. Thus the reference to seasons or appointed times and the days and the years are probably allusions to the appointed times and patterns in the Hebrew calendar for worship, festivals, and religious observation. Now notice that we know Moses is writing Genesis, right? So Moses writing Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, you know what I mean? All the first five books of the Torah, correct? So Moses writing this down, knowing that God has already ordained festivals to Israel. He just hasn't written it down yet, right? 
we realize he's going to write that down in Exodus and Leviticus, right? He's, he's getting all this information from God, so we know that Moses is telling them, this is the purpose God put the sun and the moon and the stars up there for, was for signs, for seasons, for days, and for years. Amen? So this is very important information that we understand. Number one, Moses is not just writing to give us an account of what happened. He's also probably writing in an effort to draw attention away from false gods of the Egypt, which is where they came out of, right? So, hence the reference to not saying the sun or the moon, which the Egyptians worshipped. So he says the greater light and the lesser light. Amen? Uh, another thing that I found when I was reading this was not only does it uh, uh, refer to the uh, days and years, but they try to draw, some people try to draw, draw a distinction between signs and seasons, like they, like days and years are linked, they try to link signs and seasons, but I can't see that in the text, when I went back to the Hebrew text, it was completely separate, so I'm assuming the signs are like the signs of, like the sky got dark when Jesus was crucified, right, like the, the moon or the blood moon or all those other signs in the heavens okay like the star that the uh, wise men followed to Bethlehem you know what I mean those are signs right not technically seasons they're signs in the heavens right or solar eclipse or something like that right those are signs would be signs in the heavens now the seasons we know that the moon and the sun they change position over the course of the year right that's why we have the, the uh, uh, winter solstice and summer solstice and all that stuff, right? Uh, so understanding all that, the sun and the moon and the stars are for signs, seasons, days, and years. That's their function. Amen? And we know that to be true because we go through spring, summer, winter, fall every year, right? The, the moon, you can, you know, it, the, the moon is so accurate and it's going around the earth that all ancient peoples everywhere have their own timetable that they went by, by the moon, right? Do you realize that we, well, Rome was one of the first cultures to uh, walk away or step away from a lunar calendar and go to a solar calendar, you know what I mean? Uh, because the, even now, the Hebrews still use a lunar calendar. Amen? So the, the reality that the sun and the moon and the stars are accurate to tell us signs, seasons, days, and years is a fact. We don't have to argue that. That is fact. Amen? And we don't, we dare not risk overanalyzing this for them to mean anything other than that either. You know what I mean? Like jump into speculations over well, what kind of seasons you know and especially people who tie uh who don't believe that the days of creation were literal 24-hour periods they really play on that signs and seasons thing and try to play off on that like it's long periods of time except for the fact my argument is still it says at the end of every day <laughs> evening and morning, okay? It's giving you a time frame of 24 hours, <laughs> amen? 
<laughs> Yom means day. Yes. Uh, I want to read up. Uh, well, first of all, I want to put one of my thoughts in here. Uh, Though light and darkness were separated and day and night named on day one, here in verse 14 we see now God creating lights to divide the day and the night. Notice that's their first function, to divide the day and the night, right? Well, we read in verse 1 that God divided the day and the night, right? So what was dividing the day and the night at that time? God. It had to have been God because at that point he still had not created the things that would technically divide day and night yet. But he intended on making them. This is obvious in the language of verse 14, right? So we see here in verse 14, God makes these things to divide day and night, to be for signs, seasons, for days, and for years. In other words, this means, uh, these are the means by which man will mark time as God has ordained time itself, we can be certain that God created time right here. Amen? Uh, so, that gives a whole new meaning to before the beginning of time, Jesus existed, right? <laughs> so, he was there in the beginning. Amen? John 1, right? We, we've already noted how Closely, John 1 and Genesis 1 are linked. Uh, I do want to read a small portion out of what Calvin said about verse 14 because I thought it was, you got to remember, okay, for somebody who lived 500 years ago, okay, 500 years ago, Calvin was way ahead of his time on this, okay? Watch what he says. Uh, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky. Moses passes on, uh, Moses passes on the fourth day on which the stars were made. God had before created light, but he now institutes a new order in nature that the sun should be the dispenser of daytime light and the moon and the stars should shine by night. And he assigns them this office to teach us that all creatures are subject to his will and must do what he tells them. He set them in order because now what does he mean? All creatures must obey and do his will. How many of you, uh, most every night around a certain time, you start getting tired? Like every night, sometime. Now Mike is probably like 4 o'clock in the morning when he finally gets tired because he's like a night owl or something. Okay, but most people start getting tired when it starts getting late. And that's because God did not just institute these things frivolously. They absolutely are set laws of nature that are built into humanity even, okay? And other creatures like wake up at night where we're sleeping and when we're out in the daytime there's less danger because they're off sleeping in the daytime okay god set all this stuff up and he did it on purpose amen and if god has a purpose for something it's going to follow that purpose and most everything in nature follows exactly the course that god sets it on amen so that's what he's really saying and I thought that was an interesting observation about verse 14, that he got order out of what God was doing. 
And you can see that, that God was creating order by giving uh, different elements to rule the day and the night. Amen? All right, number two. <laughs> they only, uh, they not only serve as signs and seasons and years, but they also give light on the earth. Notice that, what it says. How important is life on the, how important is light to life on our planet? Pretty important, okay? You realize that if we had no sunlight, photosynthesis would not happen. Plants would not grow. Uh, certain animals would not function correctly. We as people, have you ever... Uh, seen them people living up in Alaska where it's dark half the year they look like crazed maniacs when winter's over and the sun shines for the rest of the year okay you live in certain places in Alaska for six months it'll be dark now it's not pitch black all the time but in the daytime it's almost like where the sun's just going down and you can barely see things all day every day for six months okay oh and they it messes people up okay why because we as human beings also need the sun you realize that do you know what the one of the main vitamins that we have in our body is produced by sun being in the sunlight do you know what vitamin that is anybody shout it out if you know it huh yeah, vitamin D, right. We get vitamin D from being in the sun. Why? Because we are supposed to be up at the daylight hours. Amen? We're supposed to be out doing things in the daylight hours. That's what the Bible says, right? Just saying. Work. It doesn't say work at night, does it? It says work. Six days, you'll work, right? And then they have the rest what time did rest start what time did rest start for the sabbath mike sundown right right but that's the day and the night for hebrews is not morning and evening like us it's evening and morning it's reversed huh <laughs> all right uh next what what was my next one gotta go okay I got one more note here. You'll like this, okay? This is a good note. Not that any of them were bad or anything. I just <clears throat> on verse 16 where it talks about the, uh, where are we at? Yeah. And God made two great lights and the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. It says this. And the stars, the immense universe that God created... Uh, is mentioned here only in a brief phrase, almost as if it were an afterthought. The focus of Genesis 1 is on the earth. The focus of the rest of the Bible is on man, male and female, as the pinnacle of God's creation and the object of his great salvation. And that is true. The, the, God doesn't describe in great detail the rest of the universe, does he? He just talks about the greater light 
and the lesser light, and then he says the stars. That's all he says about it. That's all Moses writes about it. He doesn't give you, you know, gas nebulas around this planet and doesn't give you, you know, black holes at the center of the Milky Way or whatever. He didn't give you any of that. Now, if there is one, guess what? It's only going as far as God says it can go. Okay? And even if our galaxies are flying around and hitting each other, guess what? That's happening because God ordained it too. <laughs> Come on, let's be real about it. If we believe in a sovereign God that's actually in control of his creation, because this is the idea that a lot of Christians have about God, and they don't say it, they don't mean to think this, and if you ask them point blank, do you believe that God doesn't do anything in his creation, most people are going to go, no, that's not what I mean. But there are some people who say, yeah, I don't think God's involved in this at all. But that's not true. God is intimately involved with the works of creation. We can, you go through all throughout the Bible where God sends a plague, where God makes a plague go away, where God sends famine, where God sends plenty, where God does all these different things and tells the prophet that he's doing it, right? Right, and that's that's a lot of Christians' view, where, though they won't say it in those those terms. They believe that God set everything in motion and then just kind of backed up and let lets everything go as it will go. You know, in other words, they believe God created it, but now chance is in control. You know what I mean? And the Bible doesn't teach that. You know what I mean? The Bible does not teach that there's chance or or, or that things happen by happenstance in our life. Amen. Some of you not, not only take it that far, but some of you say, not only does God not do anything, some of you go as far as to say that God can't do anything about what's going on. Right, right. There are some people who say that God cannot do anything about what's going on in the universe. Now, how... How blasphemous does that sound to you? Because to me, I'm like, what? Well, you say what? God can save people, but he can't stop that hurricane over there. Or he, you know, what? Hold on a minute. I'm confused, okay? That isn't, I don't find anywhere in the Bible. Matter of fact, I find stuff that says, is the arm of the Lord too short? Right? Is, he, is, the, is the ear of the Lord too stopped up to hear, right? Nothing goes by him. Nothing gets past God. Nothing happens without God's approval, without God's absolute sovereign will at work in the world. Amen. He's causing things to happen. So even if the greater universe is out there and it's got a lot of crazy, scary stuff in it, okay, it's probably no less scary than swimming at the bottom of the ocean, okay? Have you seen some of the fish at the bottom of the ocean? They look terrifying, okay? Like they're totally translucent and got teeth like this long and stuff. Got lights that come off their head so they can, yeah, no, man. You ever seen Finding Nemo? You seen that scary fish? I was like, ah! Woo, no way, man. That big old scary fish, no. What do they call that kind of, an angler fish? I think that's what they call that fish. Because it's got that little light that goes out there like a fisherman's rod. And it lures a fish in close enough for that guy with them big old teeth to reach out there and go, ah! Yeah. Scary stuff, right? You realize, I don't know how they get this, we've discovered more about space than we have the ocean. I doubt that. If the, 
now first of all, this is if the universe is as big as they say it is, there's no way that we've discovered more about the universe than we have the ocean, okay? There's just no way. Because <laughs> nobody can disprove it, that's why. Hey, I saw on Facebook they're building the first space hotel. Saw it. It's it's going to be a big round, uh, it, like a, well, it's not a dome. It's like a ring with little, little hotel cubicles all in this little ring. I ain't joking. I saw it. I don't know if it's real or not, but I saw it. I mean, so Becky's shaking her head, okay? She saw the same same ad I saw, okay? I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> We're going to go to E.T. and let him know about Jesus, amen? That's what I'll do. You tell me there's life on other planets and they find it, I'm going to preach to them, I promise you. Because even if there is life on other planets, our God is their God, I promise, because he's the God of the whole universe and not just this planet, <laughs> Amen. Okay. Uh, greater light, lesser light. He avoids terms like sun and moon, which others of neighboring civilization worshipped those things as gods. But in Holy Scripture, these lights are merely creatures in the hands and under the control of the only true and sovereign God. Uh, but also, it should be observed that just Optically, just optically, and we talked about this already, but the sun is optically brighter than the moon. We know the moon is does not produce its own light, right? Everybody in here knows that, right? Right? Think everybody knows that? Now, with that being said, doesn't mean we don't see light coming from the moon, right? If I had a mirror over there and I somehow put a wall in between me and you and I shined a flashlight at that mirror the only light you would see would be coming from the mirror right and you'd say look there's light coming from over there and it's not wrong you do see light coming from that right that doesn't mean that's where the light is originating now let's back this all up from the very beginning if you think light actually originates with the sun, then you have a false idea of where light came from anyway because light existed before the sun. Right. Amen? Amen? It did. Light, day, night existed before the sun. Correct? So the sun cannot be the only or the ultimate source of light. Now it does rule the day now. Amen? Can I get an amen? amen? Okay, okay. I just want to make sure you're awake and not sleeping on me, okay? I know how toilsome this can be. Uh, optically, we can observe, oh, excuse me, let me start from the beginning. But also, it should be observed at an optical observable level, the sun emits considerably more light than the moon, though the moon does not produce light but merely reflects light, we may still observe this less intense reflected light and see it to be inferior to the sun. That is that a fair statement? 
All right, good. We'll go on. <laughs> they also, in, uh, in observation, work as the text says. The sun surely rules the day, for when the moon is visible in the daytime, the sun surely still rules the day in comparison to the moon. So we have a greater and a lesser light. And I want to go to some biblical texts since Moses doesn't use the word sun in referring to this greater light. I wanted to give you a verse of scripture that would refer to this. So go to Jeremiah 31, okay? Jeremiah chapter 31. So that you can know that the ancient Israelites, when they heard greater light and lesser light, knew exactly what Moses was talking about, right? I think most people understood what Moses was talking about. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little biblical background on this, okay? Uh, Jeremiah 31, verse 35. It says, am I in the right one? Yeah. Thus says the Lord who gives the sun for light by day. Stop. <laughs> that what he said? Give the sun by light by day, right? And fix the order of the moon and the stars for light by night. Who sets the sea so that the waves roar and the Lord of hosts is his name. Amen? This is a proof text, if you will, that at least in Jeremiah's opinion, <laughs> the sun was the light of the day and the moon and the stars were the light at night. Amen? Uh, and we all know, you know, what if it's cloudy and you don't have the stars at night? That is a frivolous argument because it can get cloudy in the daytime and you still can't see the sun, but it's still daylight, isn't it? We see that Jeremiah at least saw the sun as the light that rules the day. Amen? And then we have, it was evening and it was morning, the what? Fourth day. 